0: To let me know how it is, a pop culture podcast about animation, TV, movies, comics, and all things geek. We're celebrating the one that started it all, Superman, just in time for the anniversary of Action Comics number one. I'm Zach Slater. I'm Frank Melman. And I'm Clifton. All right. So April is the anniversary of when Action Comics number one went on sale. So we're going to be celebrating 85 years of the Man of Steel in two parts. This is part one. We're going to review Action Comics number one, but we'll also cover bad guys we'll list some classic superman reads and we'll also go over how and where we were first exposed to superman. Um I also have some fun mini questions I'll sprinkle in here and there about like our superman preferences and little things like that. Um but first let's go over our superman origins. How did you guys first find superman growing up? Sure. For me it was I'd have to say
1: Super Friends was a big a big one. Um, seeing Superman every Saturday morning. That definitely was was where I first saw him. That and the um, the Christopher Reeve Superman movie, the first one. I remember, you know, there really there really wasn't an opportunity to see like the old George Reeve show that mm-hmm. wasn't on, um, right. or the old like filmation Superman. So definitely for me, it was seeing Superman with the rest of the, of the Super Friends slash Justice League on Saturday mornings, and then really, um, you know, I really love <laughs> the the. Richard Donner, Christopher Reeve, Superman movie. Mm-hmm. Was it 78? I love that one. I mean, it's, it's goofy in parts, but Christopher Reeve as Superman and, and Mario Kidder as Lois, it's hard for me to shake those images in my head. Mm-hmm. I, I try to give other performances and other actors a fair shot, but for me, it's, it's hard not to, to revert back to the mean on right. those on yeah. those characters. Just I think that um, she's great and he's so great as Clark and well, as well as Superman. And just the physical mannerisms that he able, is able to like um inhabit for both of them that you can actually believe it'd be tough for people to realize he's both Clark Kent and Superman right so yeah if I, I mean I was trying to think of maybe there was you know a comic book place you know or a comic book you know point of origin for me, I mean I had various comics, and I knew who he was, obviously, and I know I remember I had old like early justice League like and I'm talking like seventies Justice League stuff, but mm-hmm. um. Or random action comics or random Superman, but I'd have to say it's more of those two for me, for my personal origin of where I really started really, like, you know, dig the character and really sort of realize, oh, well, this isn't, he's, he's, especially when he's played up against other characters, other super friends or other, other superheroes, mm-hmm. um, just how uh, special a character he is and how much they would rely on him and how much they look to him for, like, you know, leadership and stuff. So I would have to say those two.
0: Okay. Happened kind of around the same time for you, yeah. I think so because it
1: was one of those things where I would, I mean, obviously, it's easier to access something that's on you know once a week as opposed sure. to like going to the movies, but you know. And my dad was it's was one thing the things my dad and I had. Um, my dad and, have a, and I don't have a lot of cultural touchstones, <laughs> we have some, but like one, like you know, Superman's one of them, original Star Trek's another, um, that we sort of like you know, fanned out over. You know, Superman's okay. one of the things where my dad. Talked about, you know, every now and then getting a, you know, get a chance to look at Superman and join Superman. So, but I think it was more, like I said, those two things.
0: Right. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Interesting there. That you brought up your dad with Superman. I'll get to that on mine.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Got gotcha. What about you? Now, mine's quite similar to Frank's. Same kind of generational touchstone. As early as I remember, like both Super Friends and the the Christopher Reeve movie were always there, like from my earliest memories. So it's I don't even remember exactly being introduced to the character. I just remember those two things always kind of being there when I was a kid. And so it's surely what my introductions were, was one of those two things, uh, Super Friends or or the Christopher Reeves movies. But I remember both of them like hand in hand, because, yeah, Super, the Christopher Reeve movie was 78, as Frank said. And Super Friends had started in '73, which was, you know, just before my time, but then still, you know, running through nonstop through our childhoods. Mm-hmm. So that was definitely it. I'm trying to remember which one I probably connected to more. I probably connected to the movies a little more, just because I liked the personality that Christopher Reeve brought to the character. Um, mm-hmm. Whereas in, in Super Friends, you know, it's big ensemble; not a, nobody gets a ton of time to shine out of all the characters. So I just like. I like the action in the cartoon, but just as far as what I think of Superman, it would have been the Christopher Reeve version just because he was so like, I mean, he's brought so much personality to the character and he's larger than life and, and believable and Ooh. genuine and earnest. So, yeah, I mean, those are my introductions to, to Superman for sure. Okay. Mine was, um, well, for my dad,
0: the interesting thing was like, my dad was never into like superheroes or comics or, or. Or anything like that. I remember, but like I clearly was growing up. And I remember asking my dad one time, uh, like, who's your favorite superhero, dad? I don't, I have no idea how old I was. And he just said, mm-hmm. like, like, with no hesitation, just blurt like Superman. And I was like, whoa, mm-hmm. like that's an interesting choice. Like, <laughs> right. you know, um, I think, I do think he dug those movies when they came out. Um, mm-hmm. I was a little young for those. So mine, um, my origin came on sort of a, 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 in a weird, Couple of things. So uh, there was a Superman pop up book in my house ah,
1: okay.
0: that was my brother's and got passed down to me. And it was, uh, I, I looked it up since. It was published in like 1979. So this was clearly in Supermania. Right. <laughs> I'm sure when this came out. Mm-hmm. Um, but this pop up book had everything in it. It was like the rocket from Krypton, all mm-hmm. of his powers, like all of that stuff. So, like, that's how I learned everything about Superman was that pop-up book. And my mom used to, like, like you know, like, read it to me and and stuff like that. But also, but when we got Cable, my mom also let me stay up late to watch the George Reeves Superman on Nick at Night on weekends. Ah, okay. And I was like, I loved watching those. Yeah. <laughs> um, so those were kind of my two. I don't know that I ever sat and watched the movie all the way through until, you know, very, very late. I don't know that I read a Superman comic till very, very late. So those were kind of my two, my two spaces. And then, and then, as I've said a million times on the show too, and then Superman, the animated series came out. And when I watched the pilot for that, like, like that's when I fell in love and I was hooked Mm -hmm. at that point. So Superman, the animated series strikes again. Everybody. So, yeah.
2: <laughs> so again, like for these characters that, that we've known about since children, it's usually the multimedia aspect that gets us more right. so than than their comics than their original format of comics. Because yeah, likewise for for me, I didn't read a Superman comic for a long time mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> after, even though I had known the character my whole life. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I was uh, no, I was probably nineteen. Yeah. Maybe, yeah, maybe when I
0: read my first Superman comic, right. like
2: it's yeah, probably you know. earlier than that but yeah i'm talking like middle school high school probably yeah i, did, I definitely latched onto some other comics earlier before i went back to a superman comic yeah and i've read him in stuff yeah. also
0: like you know dark knight and like justice league stuff but i think that's when i got like his
2: first solo stuff right.
0: i mean it could have been a little younger than that too i may i may have my years off
2: but yeah but yeah the um, power of movies cartoons everything else for these characters it's always yeah. crazy
0: it strikes, it strikes hard always, <laughs> Yeah, but I'm always fascinated. I'm, I'm always curious to see if that's what it is. That's why I ask those questions all the time. Mm-hmm. I want to know yeah. like, you know, if it is in fact like TV or, if, or you yeah. know <laughs> nowadays, if it's, if it's the rare instance of like, no, no, I read this growing up. Love it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I
1: didn't, I didn't really get like, I read, like I said, I had, you know, random, you know, action comics or, 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 uh, you know, issues of Superman from around that time. All the, the, you know, Kurt Swan or, or you know, uh, stuff that's written by, um, Carrie Bates or, uh, you e. know, Bridwell, any of those guys, like the, all that, a lot of that early seven, like late 70s, early stuff right around the time he, he becomes a TV reporter, <laughs> you know, when he's, when he's at WGBS as <laughs> right. opposed to, I think it's WGBS where he's basically, you know, Clark's no longer the planet. They want to shake things up a little bit and, and, and give him that job instead. But I mean, I never really got, I would say probably I read, Like, regularly read Superman out of, um, maybe like right after Crisis, like when Byrne took over, like when they had Man of Steel, the first first Man of Steel. Okay. Really got into Superman. But I mean, you know, I'd always liked the character. I'd read things here and there. But yeah, I think that from that point, because I was reading, Wolfman was on uh, Adventures of Superman and Byrne was on the regular stuff, regular book, I should say. And then, yeah, I read all of that stuff for a long time. And then when it became... Yeah, you know, the triangle comics of trying to figure out how it all like flowed from issue because right. they added what was it? Uh, Man of Steel, I think, was the other book. The Louise Simonson book was so you had like three Superman titles a month. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know,
0: and and a lot of them had some like some good stuff going on. Yeah, oh, yeah, which oh, I yeah, read yeah. after the fact. I know, you know, she's an important Superman writer. I think. Yeah, you know, we'll get to creators and stuff like that too, like down the line. But yeah, like uh, and and just to bring it like over until today, like I I don't read Superman all the time. I don't really read anything uh, religiously, I say, like Mm. I follow like kind of creators. And if somebody's on an interesting book that I like, I'm I'm more likely to read something that way than I am that that I follow a character, Mm. you know, but I always I mean, like Superman and Batman are the two I'm always like keeping an eye on. And I'm always sort of like I always kind of know what's happening in those books, even though I'm not reading it. Like, you know, I'm always just waiting for, for an opportunity to jump on. But Superman's one that, like, you know, I need somebody with an interesting take. I need somebody that, that I know is going to be... I, I have no interest in reading somebody that's not going to be respectful to the character.
1: Yeah, I mean, oddly enough, I would say that for me, it's like... I was thinking, the more I think about it, I would say it's more like, I like Superman in Justice League. I like him in... um like uh World's Finest with Batman, or I really like him in DC Comics Presents. So Those was the ones that I really had more Superman appearances for the longest time rather than, than just Superman in action. Right. You know, I, I liked I've talked plenty of times about DC Comics Presents and how it's um you know, Superman is kind of like that character that's a utility character that can fit anywhere mm-hmm. and be okay with anyone. <laughs> and it was kinda like even the characters in the stories would sometimes be self-referential and be like, well, it's going to be okay because Superman's here, <laughs> you know, <laughs> even if they were an actual superhero to themselves. So that was always something I thought was kind of interesting about the
0: characters. All right. First mini question. All right. It's an easy one, but uh, it's a classic. So, so, so we'll go and we'll, we'll you know, we'll get, uh, put our names on the record for where we stand here. Red trunks or no trunks? <laughs> <laughs>
1: Uh, as we'll talk more and, you know, about we, when we talk about action comics, number one, I, am a trunks guy. They're there from the beginning. Right. <laughs> okay. You know, they're there they, yeah. uh, as, as they were intended by their creator.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Clifton, what about you? I like the trunks more just because, uh, it breaks up the design a bit and mm. Superman more so than other characters without the trunks. I feel like it just looks like he's wearing long johns. So yeah. I like the, the breakup of the, 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 mm-hmm. the, the blue with the red. Uh, so personally, like, I just, uh, just kind of lean towards the trunks for that more so than anything else.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay. I am, uh, I'm going to make it unanimous. <laughs> I'm a staunch. Uh, I'm staunchly in the camp of, of uh, red trunks. <laughs> I think the breakup is very, very important. And, and what I say is I, I don't think I've ever seen a design without the trunks that I thought looked good. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's not trying to echo the classic in some way. You right. know what I mean? Like, I feel like, like Brave New World, the Superman animated series, where like I mean, he's in a cl- completely different costume.
2: Mm-hmm. Okay,
0: and and uh, that's fine. I have no issue with it because you're going for a different look. Right. But when you're trying to sort of like quasi ape the classic, but right. you, you leave the trunks off, I'm like, no,
2: it's wrong. <laughs> mm-hmm. And still it's wearing wrong. the belt with no trunks, and you're like. <laughs> Yeah,
0: no, and the interesting thing to me is, um, I discovered this like really recently because we had that, the, the like 15 second teaser that came up for my adventures of Superman, which is a new animated series set to debut on adult swim. And you do get the red trunks, but you also, but they have like a redesign of the S on the chest. Mm -hmm. Right. And I like it. Like, I really like it. it. And I never realized at that point, like how much more important the trunks are to me than the S logo itself. Mm-hmm. Like, like I don't care if you redesign the logo. <laughs> right. Apparently.
2: But, right. I'm looking at it now. Is the S logo like the kingdom come S, but in the red and gold instead of red and black. It looks yeah, a little like bit. It's, Yeah, It, it looks, looks kind of like a, a mix of things. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a fun design. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I dig it. Yeah, when he's not wearing the trunks, it's the, the, the line from Venture Brothers that Monarch says about his nice onesie dick. is what I always think <laughs> about. <laughs> it's
2: a speed suit.
0: Right, exactly. That's what it suddenly becomes when he's not wearing the trunks. So, so okay, so we all read Action Comics number one leading yes. up to this. We wanted to review the one that started it all and uh, see what was there from the Superman mythos, like right from the start. So, mm. had you read this before? Yes. You had Frank, you had I had Clifton. How about you? I don't
2: think I had. I (laughs) was familiar with like panels from it, and I kind of knew, I guess, reading about it what was in it. Or I'd seen probably like page excerpts, but not the full. What turns out to be it's a 14 page story Mm -hmm. is the first appearance of Superman in action comics back when. You know the comics were all the anthologies, so there's also like cowboy stories and like a boxing story. I think later in this issue somewhere. I think zatan <clears throat>
1: I think Zatanna's dad is also in this
2: one. Oh really? Okay, I, so. I really yeah. remember. Yeah, Zatara. Yep, Zatara. Yep. So yeah, I hadn't read it before, but I, I did think it's interesting because everybody talks about Action Comics number one, right. But nobody, I don't think, actually talks about action comics number one. <laughs> right. So I thought, it, I thought, yeah, I like the idea of, of of actually reading, like actually reading what was in that very first story and, and what's still there and what came from it and stuff like that. But yeah, I don't, I'd certainly never read the whole thing before, the whole 14 pages before. Mm. I certainly thought I had read it before. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then quickly,
0: like, two pages in, I was like, I don't remember any of this. <laughs> so I don't think I actually did read it. Right, uh, right. Which surprised me. I had been in comic, uh, you know, I've been in the comics my whole life. And, yeah. I, like, I thought for sure I must have yeah. read it. And then it hit me, too, though. I'm like, I don't even have it reprinted anywhere. Like, <laughs> mm. I was looking at my trades. I'm like, wow. Like, I don't, like, weirdly, like, I don't have Greatest Superman Stories Volume 1. I have Volume 2. <laughs> you know like, I'm like wow i don't even have it right
1: so i thought is it in the, the secret origins book i lent you is that not in there i couldn't remember
0: i think possibly but i mean i didn't read it then okay <laughs> you know
1: <laughs> gotcha okay
0: so um we were in flash mode at that point i remember yeah we were reading a lot of flash stuff but yeah anyway so what'd you guys think
1: it was interesting knowing what i know of what the the origin was supposed to be like the like originally like superman was kind of like a bald futuristic scientist villain at one point when they first put the first like the first strip out for it okay so it's kind it's kind of a, a weird you know it was odd that it was you know the idea that the it's not so much the yellow sun as it is um he's he's evolved so far beyond humanity and that's part of the reason why
2: Right. That was one of the things I I noticed because it does, we get in one panel in the very first panel in action comics, we get the all condensed into one panel as a distant planet was destroyed by old age. A scientist places infant (laughs) son within a hastily devised spaceship, launching it toward earth. And that's one panel. Right. That's, you know, sparked so many retellings (laughs) Mm -hmm. since that they just, it all started in literally one comic panel. But yeah, like the, uh, the scientific, explanation of his strength because they give a quote-unquote scientific explanation mm-hmm. uh comparing them to ants and grasshoppers i'm like yeah like right. there's real things that just evolved to be better so everyone on krypton had all the same abilities because they were all just that much further evolutionarily evolved than humans
3: mm-hmm.
2: It is funny to me that they do spell this all out on page one yeah <laughs> like explicitly tell you all his powers why he has powers, how he got Mm. powers, and why they should make sense, all on page one. Yep. And none of it's the yellow sun.
0: Right. It's interesting, like, the breakdown of information and how it's so different 85 years later and how clearly we are so informed by TV and cinema. Mm -hmm. Right. As far as, like, the language that comics kind of follows um, in in a lot of cases, not every case, but a lot of cases. And it's so interesting... Going back and looking at these were like, they weren't as informed by that stuff. And it was just, it was literally, they were more like, what's the most effective way to tell this story through pictures. And you could get like weird non sequiturs and, you know, like, like
2: remarkably narrow panels, right? (laughs) you know, it seems like they think of a lot of this information as like beside the point. Yeah. yeah so where they're like how can we just get this out of the way as fast as we can to get to the story we want to tell right <laughs> and they don't right. linger on any of it
1: no like there's no like the fact that like some <laughs> some stranger picked him up
2: Yep. And just, that's ha- that's like a skinny half panel <laughs> on, right. on page one
1: right and dropped him off at an orphanage Yep. and didn't bother to like you know i guess he didn't exhibit any powers in the car right over so <laughs> <laughs> right <laughs> But once he got there, you right. know,
2: there's a little baby lifting up a Barka lounger, right?
1: <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Lazy boy's up in the air now. So yeah. what do we do, Doc? Um, yeah, that was interesting. Like, you know, I knew that they weren't, the Kents weren't mentioned, but at the same yeah. time, I forgot that it was just like, oh, yeah, someone picked him up and dropped him off. And that mm-hmm. was that, you know, and as it gets retconned later. Similar, like there's been similar stories like that where the, where the Kents want to go through the legal process. <laughs> <laughs> of, of
2: adopting him legally right instead of just keeping him from the cornfield
1: well the other i mean the other one that i like is one of, i think the one of my favorites i can't remember who it was but um the idea that there was a snow like a like a storm okay like there was like a big blizzard and they were snowed in for like right. three months right <laughs> so yeah. by the time they got to, got to see people, it's like look we had a kid in the meantime <laughs> yeah
2: we martha didn't even know martha was pregnant Oh, yeah, Mar- yeah martha wasn't showing all that much before <laughs>
1: <Right>. <laughs> so i love that one i think that one's great
2: yeah so yeah the other thing that stands out is like the is the explanation of what his powers are that they clearly mm. explicitly tell you yeah <laughs> like, like it, and it was funny to me how detailed they tell you too right and then how much has changed since then but mm-hmm. like the uh like, first powers, it says, uh, leap one-eighth of a mile.
1: Yeah,
2: yeah. Or hurdle a 20-story building. And so right. it's basically he could long jump two football fields. Uh-huh. Or jump vertically 80 to 100 yards up. So, like, vertically <laughs> one football field. Uh, and then the other one was raise tremendous weights. Uh-huh. Run faster than an express train. Okay. And that nothing less than a bursting shell could penetrate his skin. Uh-huh. Which, like, I, so I figured out, like, they're saying bullets can't hurt him, but, like, artillery. Like, World War I and World War II artillery would at that yes. point.
1: Tanks, tanks would give him a trouble.
2: Yeah. Huh. That's his yeah. original power set.
1: Yeah, not moving planets in
0: this one.
2: <laughs> nope. <laughs> nope. Not flying backwards through time. Nope. <laughs> exactly. Nope,
0: nope, nope. That's nope, saving probably. the world by listening really hard. Right,
2: right. right. And, and, frankly, not flying at all. <laughs>
1: no. Yeah. No no super ventriloquism. None of that <laughs> right. stuff.
2: Yes. So those things were all interesting observations I had on page one. Right. And the scientific explanation I mentioned before, I just thought it was it was funny that they're like, no, like really, this could happen. Like, yeah. just, <laughs> It's
1: not that crazy. Just right, go with yeah. it. Go with it. I mean, it is interesting that you get one panel in the first page of him in costume and it is a striking image, like right. uh, compared compared to the rest of it. It's not like the rest of it was drawn poorly. Like the, you know, clearly like the him out racing the trains really cool and leaping and holding up the girder and all that stuff. But yeah, you know, just the one shot of Superman is it works <laughs> you know it's hard to argue as is you know as striking an image as it is you know
0: when it's just, a, it's just on that one page so yeah the the art's actually like really moody in parts of it i think it, it, like it's, i think it's just sort of like kind of like the cross-hatching shading uh-huh. on his
2: costume yeah for like the nighttime for the nighttime yeah. shots yeah. But yeah
0: i think that stuff looks really really great <laughs> right yeah. even today it's really cool well the visual language
1: i mean the visual language of it isn't bad like the layout's nice and the, like like the way like a, you know, from panel to panel transition of what Superman's doing, it works really well. Yeah. Like I, fe- I felt it did. Like I mean I think I think when you get to the actual meat of the story and what Superman's doing, like
0: I mean, yeah, I mean along those same lines, I mean, like I was struck reading it. I'm I'm going, like, I, I kind of don't need to read this. Like this the the pictures themselves kind of carry the story really, really right. well. Mm-hmm. You know? Mm-hmm. I mean there's a lot of what I what I liked what I noticed
1: most about the way um Schuster. Mm-hmm portrays Superman is Superman, if you notice in the panels, Superman leads with his chin an awful lot. <laughs> <laughs> right. And it's not like it's not bad because again, he's, you know, at that point he's Superman. No one's really I mean, you know, it's his first appearance. You know, they're still figuring the character out. But as I look at it again, like there's so many shots of him like leaning like leaning forward almost at the you know, doing the doing a flex <laughs> in people's <laughs> yeah. face of like, right. I dare you to try and do something. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> I will say this, what, 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 you know, as much as I'm, I'm, I'm pro red trunks, I'm almost cool with no boots. Oh, yeah. Right. I am. I found out, like, I'm like I, I kind of am okay with it. Like, it doesn't look, that doesn't look bad to me.
2: Mm. I, think, I think that's kind of okay. Yeah, I mean, it didn't I, stand out to me. I actually didn't notice until you mentioned it. Right. I was like, oh, yeah, there are no boots.
1: <laughs> yeah. I mean, I like the red boots. The red boots are, are iconic to me as well. But, I'm look, like, looking back, I'm like, nah, if, they, if someone did wanted to give me a design with no
0: boots, I'm kind of okay with it. Mm. I sort of missed it. I did yeah. notice it. I sort of missed it, but I got used to it. Mm-hmm. I could, like, I'm, I'm I'm with you in that sense. I feel like, I think somebody could convince me of it. Right. You know, somebody, if somebody had a take on that, on that look.
1: Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I'm you know, like, yeah. I would be, I would, I would not mind a modern take on that without the boots
0: keeping the trunks. <laughs> that, that, that was my thought. The other thing that kind of struck me about it is um, reading it. <laughs> Uh, I've read a lot of, like, 30s and 40s comics, and this is, like, the Uh first time that, like, the cover is actually, like, the story. Right. (laughs) It's just, like, like, a
2: big version of a panel we see later.
0: Yeah. Right. Yeah, exactly. So, does somebody want to sum it up? Like, give us a summary of of what the story is? Well, it's it's really
2: three stories. Right. (laughs) There's, like, really three action beats in this 14 pages. Mm Mm-hmm. So I'll go with the first one. I'll just okay. do some of the first action beat, which is, uh, we first see Superman leaping through the air, carrying a bound gagged woman that he lands and, uh, leaves against a tree and says, make yourself comfortable. I haven't time to attend to it.
1: No, no, co- no controversy there. <laughs> yeah. Perfectly fine.
2: That's our introduction <laughs> to the story of this character. Like, uh, okay. I don't know what's <laughs> happening there. And then he approaches, uh, goes to the governor, um, to the governor's mansion and breaks in to the governor's mansion when the butler yep. won't let him in. Right. Demands to see the governor and uh, breaks through a steel door that the governor <laughs> sleeps behind for some reason.
1: Right. Not a well-liked governor, we have to assume. <laughs>
2: yeah. And, I mean, the governor's butler is not very nice and no. and does dare Superman to, to knock down the steel door. So he does.
1: I thought, real quick, Clifton, I thought yep. it was interesting, like, it reminded me of a lot of times you'll see Superman do, like, it's even in Man of Steel, like, Superman will do stuff, like, to to teach a bully a lesson. Right. Or it's in, like, it's in Superman 2 when he loses power and then gets his powers back and, he, you know, shoves the bully down the diner. Yeah, yeah. And people are like, oh, I can't believe Superman would never do such a thing. I'm like, it's there from the beginning. <laughs> yeah, and yeah, Superman is, you know... Not quite the whole Superman is, you know, is a dick thing, but it's like the idea that no, Superman's kind of like, uh, you know, uh, you, it was, again, the panel after he breaks down the door is like, it was your idea.
2: <laughs> right. He's like, you said to do it. I was, right. I only obliged. Yes. And then we find out he's trying to get to the governor because he uh, has evidence that a woman is going to be wrongfully executed. So mm-hmm. there's an innocent woman that he has proof of her innocence that he's wants to the governor to stop the uh, execution of. Right. And that's the point of this story of this beat.
1: I did like in, in just a little two panels, I thought it was really interesting the use of the, t- the ticking clock. I thought that actually worked really well.
2: Yeah. I made note yeah. of that too. I thought it was like, it, that seems kind of daring for 1938 comic Absolutely. storytelling.
1: <laughs> right. Right. We don't, you know, you don't really see, you see a little of that. I think it's in, it's kind of similar to, um, is it Batman one, Zach, the one with the, the, the Batman's in the room and the guys, the, the Joker's going to poison.
0: Yeah. Batman one.
1: Okay. Yeah. So it's mm-hmm. similar it's a, somewhat of that of the idea, but this works better. I think with the actual clock going like, he's only got so much time before this person's put, you know, put to death. So.
2: Right. That execution's literally going to happen at midnight. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. And so the, the little clock says a life hangs in the balance, 12 minutes to go. And then we see it go down to nine minutes and mm-hmm. yeah. I didn't make note of that because I really thought it was a cool, a cool yeah. little story device.
0: Mm-hmm. I like the panel of him as Clark looking at the newspaper. Oh uh, yeah. The next day. Like, get, like getting this, getting the summary <laughs> right. of the story and he's like, good, I'm not mentioned.
2: <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Like I yeah. think
0: that, that I think there's like a lot of weight to that panel of, I mean, it could, it, it can also be like, you know, protection of the secret identity and, and yeah. stuff like that. But, but it, there is, I mean, it reads to me a little bit also like, you know, just wants to do good. And right. doesn't, yeah. doesn't doesn't does care about being written about. Nope. Doesn't care about the spotlight. Doesn't care about like, right. getting credit for anything. Mm-hmm. He's just no. Like this is the right thing to do. Right. Somebody, wrong, right. you know, the wrong person was going to be put to death, yeah. and I stopped it. And yeah. that's the story.
2: And we find out that the bound gagged woman he was carrying was the actual murderess. And <laughs> yep. he tells the governor that, like, oh yeah, yeah the real is on she's, your lawn. Yeah, she's out of woods. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: It's so okay. you you can take care of that, but I was I was really surprised that that came back around. Yeah, uh-huh. and I was like, oh, okay, cool. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like <laughs> it, wasn't, a, it wasn't just like he was saving a woman right. got, like, that was else bound, came our, up. and then right. he was like, I got this other thing to worry about. Like I'll come back. Right, <laughs>
1: right. Yeah, thirty yeah, got thirty Superman collected women. It's just a thing, but they grew out of it eventually. Once the radio show, no, right. it was, yeah. that was the thing. Yeah, he just yeah. he, he murders right here. I got it wrapped up for you. <laughs>
2: So yeah, that was the first story beat because they pack a lot in fourteen pages mm-hmm. yeah. back in the day.
1: Yep. The next bit is uh, he goes into the daily was it Daily Star. Yes, that's yeah, the yeah. On Daily Planet. You know, there's a little bit of talk of you know he's not human. You know, thank goodness he's on our side, which is a right. nice bit. I thought. Yeah. Um, he gets asked by his editor, who was not Perry White. <laughs> 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 you know, do you know you ever heard of Superman? And Clark's kind of like, whoa, hey um i'll get the story chief that whole thing but in the midst of it like from the city desk i guess there's a (laughs) a tip about a wife beater which i thought was like (laughs) yes i guess that happens so um you know clark clark's like i'm on my way you know and shows up as superman and and the guy's standing over his wife and clearly he's been you know knocking around and it's, again, the 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 language of it all, like, he picks the dude up in the air, the dude's still trying to threaten him, yep. and Superman throws him in a wall and says, you're not fighting a woman now. Right. And it's great. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's awesome, you know? Yeah. And the guy tries to stab him, doesn't work. So, it's a hard, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <That is laughs> a hard
0: throw. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It was a
2: hard throw. there's, like, pieces is... of wall coming off you know, of right,
1: it. Right, right. That's plaster coming off that wall, <laughs> you know? But that's awesome. Um, then you see, like the 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 bit. He basically switches to Clark, and, and there's when the cops get there.
2: Right, right. When he hears the authorities approaching, puts on the suit, and it's like I just right. found this guy like this.
1: Apparently, Superman was here. I guess I don't know. <laughs> um, and then he, you know, he asks out Lois, which is nice. Um, mm-hmm. What I love is with <laughs> the this, this second bit of dialogue with Lois is the whole thing about I've been writing sob stories all day. Don't make me don't make me hear another one. Right. <laughs> It's, it's such a great like lois not knowing who he is and just being like oh this guy right. you know is great and again it, it's there from the beginning and it's not like she's like a terrible person it's just she's right. like oh this guy well you know, like,
2: that's, um, like he asks he, he comes up and asks her a little stammeringly like well, what do you say to a date tonight and her response um, is i suppose i'll give you a break for a change <laughs> yeah
1: <laughs> but you know, and then you got, you got mobster types, you got gangster types who, you know, who who notice Lois as being a nice looking dame, you know, and they go to cut in, um, you know, and it's that whole thing of Clark's got to play, you know, has to play the the milksop, yeah. <laughs> you know, and sort of not let the, and then the, again, it's a great thing of Lois being like, nope, you know, she's not going to let everybody talk to her like that, slaps the dude, and Almost. then tries to take. Yeah, oh, tries Lois to you know Lois, Lois. stamps out and says, "This is why I don't want to date you because you're a coward." And like <laughs> leaves him, leaves him there. He tries to take off. Mops is like no one's going to show me up like that. They grab Lois. They take her in the car. And then again, this comes to the point of like, so like Superman being like a prankster. Of like, they're going <laughs> to run him over in his Superman suit. and He jumps over them and then starts chasing them. And they're like, it's the devil himself.
2: <laughs> right. just <laughs> like how freaked out they are.
1: Right. It's again, it's awesome because they're like, oh, my God, what's, what is it? What just happened? And then you get the scene from the cover where Superman picks up the car and like sort of shakes them out. And I wondered at first, I'm like, because Lois is not, you know, you don't see Lois after the point, but it, it looked like he's holding the car, shakes them out, catches her.
2: You know in one hand and then holds the car yeah there's he's catching somebody coming out of the car right in one of the panels yeah
1: and then just smashes their car (laughs) and then goes you know grabs butch and then takes (laughs) takes him up and hangs him (laughs) on a flagpole you know and he's you know and just sort of doesn't and again it did what it reminded me a lot of was um of spider-man stuff Mm -hmm. where spider-man webs up jonah or Spider Man leaves a crook hanging from something with a note, right. you know, your friendly neighborhood, Spider Man. Right. And and then we get the panel that, that's been done a couple different places. I think Alice Ross did it. Um, you needn't be afraid of me, I won't harm you. Or right. even again, he's leading with his chin and he's leading forward into her face mm-hmm. and lets her know, listen, I'm not I'm not a threat. <laughs> right. You know. Oh, and then I, <laughs> I do like the, I, I, you really shouldn't print this. <laughs> <laughs> Which, again, I mean, I, I kind of took it as the whole thing of, uh, you know, later on, Lois is in and out of trouble for most of her, you know, the 50s, 60s, and 70s because she's Superman's girlfriend. You know, if Superman comes to the rescue every time Lois is in trouble, you might want to let not let people know that's going to happen, I guess. Right, yeah. So, and then she tries to convince the editor that, yep, nope, she saw Superman. Right. And then, of course, she gives Clark the cold shoulder because that's what happens for the next, like, 60 years. <laughs>
2: <laughs> for, for a little bit. For a yeah, little for while. quite some time. For she gives him another chance for a change. Right, right. Yeah, this one, like, I did think it was interesting that he gets, like, I thought it's a fun bit that they assign Clark Kent to the Superman beat. Right. Because <laughs> apparently that's what they're, they got a Superman beat now that they got rumors. Right. And then uh, the fact that, like, right now, so he's he's protected somebody from being executed even though they were innocent and now he's beating up a white like he beats the crap out of a spousal abuser <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh, like the, these are the first two things we ever see superman do i thought was was fun yeah
1: no issue there
0: <laughs> yep. Now, and the third story is also something that could be kind of taken out of uh today's <laughs> like it feels right at home yeah oh today's, yeah, yeah. today's political climate too it's funny it's funny you
1: say that i was laughing as i was looking read it over and my wife's like what and i said <laughs> I said, this is from 38, and they're concerned about a senator being bought by a lobbyist. Yeah. <laughs> you know, 85 yeah. years ago.
0: So right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean that's that's the main thrust of the third of the third story mm-hmm. of action number one with Superman, where, you know, he gets an assignment to go to like cover some South American war as a war correspondent. He 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 doesn't do that. <laughs> right. And goes he's, to and goes to hunch. Washington.
2: <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> he hops a train to Washington, and gets wind of of yeah, a corrupt senator and and a lobbyist that's you know like you know bought him off and and you know and Superman basically just terrorizes the lobbyist <laughs> until mm-hmm. he confesses you know right. on Capitol Hill. Yep. yep. I'm I'm going through it quickly so we can we can also touch upon some other things before before wrapping up, but. um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I was surprised. I mean, the one thing about Action One that I that I never remember is that Lois—it's Lois's first appearance too.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, and like, man, her character is right there from the get go too. Oh yeah, like, <laughs> you know. But yeah, I mean, what else? I mean, do you think that this this—I mean, truly—do you think this does a lot of like heavy lifting of the lore of
2: of that's of still around?
3: Hmm.
2: I mean, yes, and that like, there's a lot here that. Mm-hmm. I mean, we talk about how much got changed after this powers have been changed, tons mm-hmm. of new characters, but like, I still feel like the heart of Superman is in this, is in this 14 pages pretty yeah. well. <laughs> I mean, very much similar to how like the heart of Spider-Man is in amazing 15.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: I mean, I think it's, I think a lot of it is like, again, it's interesting to see. Cause there was a, uh, I, I want to say it's a Dan Juergen story in the, in the Superman later stuff in the nineties about Clark living next door to a guy who was beating his wife. And it's a completely different story because he does, he can hear it all because of super hearing, but doesn't intervene. Mm-hmm. And it's one of those things where, you know, <laughs> 38 had no problem intervening, know. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and no worries about it. So, I mean, I, I think he's a little more, you know, I, I don't think in this one, he's quite the big blue boy scout. Right. Yeah. You know, I, I think he's a lot more. I think there's a lot more emphasis in, and I'm not being, punny or funny, I think it's a lot more emphasis on the action, yeah, and the idea of what he can do versus you know. And again, there is no, again, it's 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 interesting to think about it in in the vacuum of 1938, and there is there are no other superheroes,
2: right? Right. Like
1: he's it, you know. So it's kind of as as Clifton said, you know, the fact that they would be terrified of him (laughs) (laughs) makes sense, right? You know, because there is nothing. There's no. There's no comparison. There's no, no scale to what, you know, this guy can do compared to anybody else.
0: I remember thinking that, too, reading. It. I'm like, man, there's such a departure of, like, what he would be able to do to people. hmm And, you know, and, yeah, like, and how he could legit scare the crap out of you. Yeah. <laughs> because, like, what are you going to do? Right. <laughs> yeah, right? Like, mm-hmm. the other thing that kind of surprised me about this was, um, I don't want to say outright putting in him, but, yeah, kind of, like, Clumsy Clark. Yeah, Yeah. which brings me to my second little Mm -hmm. question here. Yeah. Do we like Clumsy Clark? (laughs) What do you guys think?
2: I, I do, but I also like other versions, too. So, like, I'll take it when it's good. Like, Mm -hmm. I mean, like I said, I grew up on the, the Christopher Reeve film, which is that. Mm-hmm. Like this panel describes, has a caption that says in action one of reluctantly Clark adheres to his role of a weakling. Right. And that's very much like the, the Donner 78 film reading of it, where it's like he's, he can do all this stuff. We know he can do all this amazing stuff, but he doesn't, he doesn't want anyone else to know he can do all amazing stuff. So he overcompensates to be like, I'm a bumbling fool. Mm hmm. And so, like, I, I do like that. I do find charm in that, especially, like, uh, I mean, All-Star Superman, Grant Morrison's, does take that angle, too, mm-hmm. after it had not been seen uh, for a long time. And yeah. it was, it was kind of charming to see there again after not, after everyone avoided that take for so long. Right. But, yeah, I kind of like both. Okay. I kind of like both. Frank? I, I'm torn. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> because
1: I do love... You know, I do love Bumbling Clark. I like it more when it's done with the the classic wink. Yeah. Of like uh-huh. we all know these not, and he right. knows he's not. <laughs> right. And therefore, you know, like again, growing up you know, growing up with a lot of those action comics or those Superman comics from the like the seventies and, and early eighties, you know, there's lots of stuff where like Steve Lombard is is the blowhard kind of jock kind of Flash Thompson character. Yeah. That gets a lot of, you know and again he's in Morrison's um All Star. Thank you. Yep. In All Star, where he gets a little bit of the, you know, the brunt of of Clark's, you know, Clark's like, yeah, I'll take your nonsense in, uh, on face value, but I'm going to blow your toupee off your head, you know, <laughs> or you know, or you're going to split your pants because I, you know, I used the, uh, you know, it's super speed, or I, you know, tied your shoes together, or something along those lines happens to him because of the way he is. Um, I like that. I also like the fact that. I never, I've never, i never bought the, the Kill Bill example of like he's disdain for humanity. I've right, never right. bought that. I thought that's a yeah. terrible take. Right. Um, I, I think it's more along the lines of, you know, I think that in, 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 in some world, you know, in some ways, I think Cl- Clark, you know, likes the idea of being able to be just like everybody else. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And, and the idea that, you know, I think he does need... I, you know, I, I think just from a sensory overload statement, you know, a state, um, I think he needs the ability to sort of shut all that stuff out and just be a person. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Otherwise, you know, I mean, there've been stories where he tries to be Superman, you know, 24 hours a day, you know, and he just, it's just too much for yeah. anybody, even him. So yeah. I, I think, we, um,
0: we might do all of this in a future episode, like this, <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> this stuff that you're talking about specifically. Right. Okay. So I don't want to cut you off, but no, cause, no, no. Cause it's interesting.
1: <laughs> right, right. No, but I, but I do like, I do like. You know, again, I going back to Burns' take. I like Burn. You know, where he's a little more, you know, he's a little more confident. You know, it's, it, he's kind of, you know, um, it's definitely where we get the whole, the whole Smallville. You know, he's from a small town. He's kind of, yeah. he's kind of earnest and hokey. You know, he, he, he's got some kind of background where he was, you know, he, he was, he played sports, but he couldn't play him for too long because he would, you know, hurt people with Superman. But he also there's a great bit in in one i think it's in man of steel where lois first comes over to his apartment they're going to something together um as like you know colleagues or whatever and she notices that he lifts weights Uh Mm -hmm. it might be in his superman run but she's like these are awful small for like as basically the physique that you have and he's like he has he has that moment of like oh i didn't think about that yeah (laughs) yeah Yeah. i didn't think i should probably I should probably have you know heavier weights for someone you know for some of right. my build. Ooh, I'll get on
2: that. Those ten pound dumbbells so aren't yeah, going yeah. you that physique.
1: Yeah, Lo- Lois is like in an evening gown and she sits on a little bench and she's she's flexing you know, like like doing the curls and she's like these aren't very heavy at all. I don't know how you're <laughs> able to get like the size that you are. <laughs> but yeah, I I, I I'm I'm like Clifton. I like both. I mean, I'll take either one, but I don't. I mean, I don't want. I don't. I, I like I said. I prefer the the bumbling part with him more of a, a wink and a nod right. to,
2: you know. He knows yeah. yeah and and going back to the to the action one like that bit where the mobster's trying to cut in on his date mm-hmm. and he backs down and then Lois smacks the mobster Right. And there's just a panel where you see a thought balloon and then a word balloon. And the mm. thought balloon is, is Clark saying, Good for you, Lois, with an mm. exclamation point. And then the word balloon is, Lois, don't. Because <laughs> <laughs> right. it's an act. Like he's, yeah. he's really he appreciates yeah. how action act she is, yeah. uh, but he has to play this other part. And yep. uh, I like that reluctance there.
0: That's good.
2: I am um, a little torn,
0: not as much. I generally don't like Clumsy Clark. Okay, but i I can be sold on it with a take, okay. with a, you know if somebody has a good take on it. I was uh, from the day we're recording this. Um, I was watching Richard Donner Superman because it was on TCM like last night, honestly. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I was I was watching, and like, God, it's hard not to see how how like Christopher Reeve just does it so perfectly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, and there's like there's that awesome bit where he's in Lois's apartment after yeah. Superman has flown away. And Lois is like, she's going out with Clark and she turns around. She's like, Oh, like, let me get my coat or let me get a sweater or something like that. And she's in the other room and he takes his glasses off and he just like stands up straight. And I swear yeah, it yeah. looks like he, he gets like, like five inches taller. Yeah. <laughs> just standing up straight. <laughs> and the voice changes and the posture changes. And it's like, man, like he's able to do it so well. Yeah. And so there it's awesome. And Clifton, I'm with you. Like, wait, when it came back for All-Star, I was into it then, too, because mm. it hadn't been done in 30 years. Right. And, and also it was the fact that I think that it was a self-contained continuity that, that I was like, okay, like I'm fine with this being the take because it's not the take moving right, forward. Right. right, right. But I think the trouble is, is that if you don't do Clumsy Clark, like a lot of people don't, they take out Clumsy Clark and then they don't replace it with anything. Yeah. <laughs> and so he just kind of is bland yeah Mm -hmm. a lot of times so um so it's a trap if you don't have a (laughs) plan of what to do (laughs) instead right so all right i want to see where you guys want to go to because i really want to get into bad guys because (laughs) um because i do think superman has a really really like (laughs) underloved rogues gallery Mm -hmm. however though coming off of action one i just thought do you do do we want to do a few minutes on sort of like where the evolution of some of his powers and stuff came around because some of it comes in interest from interesting places like it's not necessarily the comics that introduce some of these things right
2: right yeah
0: so what do you guys think yeah we can can do that sure i like
2: that i think it is interesting to address especially after we already pointed out what his powers and limitations of powers were explicitly in action comics. And then you're like, but like he does so much more now. Right. And I'll tell you, I'll go with flight. Cause flight did come from the comics, just not his comics. Mm. There were other characters flying before Superman was flying. There were other characters that were more popular and selling better than Superman that were flying <laughs> right before Superman was flying. And then I think they were inspired to add uh, some more powers oh, okay. to his set, and that was uh, Captain Marvel Shazam. Mm-hmm. That was one such case where interesting. Uh, it was a hugely popular other character in comics at the time, outselling Superman for a lot of the time in the in the forties, especially. That that could do these other things that then they said, okay, yeah, like Superman can do that too. And there's a whole other story. <laughs> Tons of information we can go into about that fight between Superman and and uh, and Captain Marvel Shazam, but for another time. I heard That's just a quick bit.
0: I heard a conflicting story about where his flight came from, though. Too, okay. I had heard that it was the Fleischer's.
2: Okay, that did it. they added it there. Yeah, they added it. So,
0: so the Fleischer's who did the first Superman cartoons yeah, in be. in yeah. nineteen forty, right? Uh, which are remarkable pieces of animation to watch that, Mm -hmm. um, are actually getting like a remaster Blu-ray coming out. Finally. Yeah. Like, uh, like in May, uh, 2023. But so what I had heard is that, so like the first couple of Fleischer's is that he is, he doesn't have flight. He's bounding around. Okay. Yeah. And and I had heard that Dave Fleischer, the director of those is like, this is kind of stupid. It looks dumb. Like, can we just make him fly? It's Mm. easier. And apparently like, and, and the story I had heard, which I think like Dan Reba says on one of the Superman animated series, special features is like, DC was basically like, yeah, fine. <laughs> like make him <them> fly. <laughs> okay. Right. Right. You know?
2: Yeah. It's interesting though. Cause I, I feel like those things are concurrent and maybe both did a play be, or both you know, played a factor. I think so it, too. Because Shazam's first appearance, Captain Marvel, that Captain Marvel, Shazam Captain Marvel's first appearance was 1940. And he was flying by like his third issue
3: yeah, mm. and,
2: and still in 40. And so, yeah, it sounds like these two things happened right around the same time.
0: And, yeah, okay. and just, just really, really quickly just glossing over a, a little bit of what you're saying. I mean, and also DC has had a history of not really acknowledging much of the Shazam, <laughs> like feud in history and things right. that happen yeah. with it too. So, yeah. yeah.
2: That could be another, that could be a topic later down the line. Mm
0: -hmm. All right. So let's get into some of the bad guys because, uh, now this is just me. I don't know if you guys feel the same way. Like I love Superman's rogues gallery. I think it's really good. Mm -hmm. And I think, I think really that people, people are like really unfair when they, when it, cause they're like, it's Lex and dark side and that's it. I'm like, ah, no, (laughs) no, not really. I will, I will grant you that like that, that a lot of it on mine is like, is on potential. And not necessarily like what we see all the time, Mm -hmm. right? you know, but I think there's some really, really good ones. Yeah. You know, I love Lex (laughs) Mm -hmm. clearly, you know, uh, you, you spoiler, he won our March madness best bad guy (laughs) tournament (laughs) for a reason. Lex is terrific, but I'm a big fan of parasite. Yeah. I love parasite and for the life of me, I don't understand how parasites not a justice league bad guy. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I can see that. Right. I mean, you got right. a guy who like he gets close to you, he grab like all he needs to do is grab a hold of you and mm-hmm. he absorbs, you know, your memory, he you can do your voice, all that stuff. And if he grabs hold of you and you happen to be superpowered, he can do right. your superpowers. Right. Right? right? So yeah. it seems to me like I think about like all the times I've seen the Justice League like fight amazo and they have trouble with it because like he can do everything that they can do. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm like, this is so easily parasite. Right. Right sure it's so easily parasite but it's 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 but it's also not a robot like with a where you can't just trash the thing right, <laughs> like you right, know what i mean right. like if you have we're like the guys in dc who take some care of him to like we can't we're not going to kill the guy mm-hmm. so we need to we need to take down the guy that has superman's powers and wonder woman's powers and the flash's powers but not hurt him right mm-hmm. right what's that going to be like right like there's potential there yeah
1: no i agree <laughs> yeah parasite's always a good one, um off the top of my head. I like Mongol a whole lot.
3: Mm-hmm. yeah I
1: think for a long time, Mongol was sort of like relegated to a Superman story yeah. <laughs> or a couple of Superman stories. Um, right
0: some good ones. Some great
2: ones. <laughs> war world stuff yeah. yeah,
1: um but that was like the basic you know in the last uh in last you know last few years, there's been a bigger push to make him a bigger deal in the Superman stuff, which I think is great with the with all the stuff with war world. And him being, you know, sort of like, not quite dark side level, but at the same time, obviously a threat. So right. I like, I like Mongol a whole lot.
0: Yeah, he's one of those that can go toe to toe with Superman too. Mm-hmm.
1: And it's like,
0: but there's no. I'm trying to th- I'm trying to figure out a way to say it. Like, like he just is that way. There's not some yeah. sort of like weird explanation <laughs> as to like how he can go toe to toe. Like he's just as he's just as strong as he is. Right. Right.
2: You know. Yeah. He is just an evolutionarily advanced alien yeah. that has mm-hmm. that power as a result. <laughs> right. Yep. I'm going to throw in his one I've always liked is Mixie. Sure. Yeah. Mr. Mixius Pitalik, even mm-hmm. from like uh, appearances on Super Friends, right? Where he was called Mitzlplik at the time. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> and then uh, the animated series one was the one that gave us the uh, Mixius Pitalik uh, yeah. spelled right. out. Uh, I like both. I can use both. Um. Uh, but yeah, I'll probably still go with the uh, Mixus Pedalic more often. But yeah, it's just because you've got a character of, in Superman who seems like a god on Earth. And right. and now you give him a trickster god <laughs> to, mm-hmm. to have to deal with as a foil. And I think those appearances have always been fun. Uh, yeah. Even Super Friends, the, the animated series with Gilbert Godfrey were great. Yeah. Yep. Some really good yeah, ones. Yeah, I just think there's so much fun of it just being like the... And it also, you get, you get to see Superman not be serious sometimes in it. Right, uh, which I thought was always fun because that's like he's dealing with the trickster, and sometimes you got to trick back, yeah, to, right. to beat the trickster, and it's fun to see Superman have to fight that way, yeah, cleverly.
0: I was gonna say, yeah, mm-hmm. he has he's got to fight him with his brain, but not yeah. in a mm-hmm. way that's like he's not fighting like Brainiac or Lex with <laughs> right. his brain, right? right? You know, yeah. it's like in a yep. fun way. Mm-hmm. I've always thought that the Superman the animated series guys put the name. Uh, in like a script software that could read it out loud, <laughs> right. right? And that's what it said, and that's why they went with all right. I guess it's mix mix yes, Spidelic
2: could have been because <laughs> right? they could have been yeah. using Final Draft to yeah. do the scripts, and they did like the voice effect, the voice feature on it, and that's how it came out. Yeah, I've not read that anywhere. I'm just I'm just guessing <laughs> myself,
1: but not a bad guess. <laughs> But I was—I mean, I always like the whole thing of him. Also, the fact that it showed that Superman was vulnerable to magic because I just think it's—it's a thing that they just don't use enough in the comics. It's always oh, someone's got kryptonite or kryptonite bullets or, you know, kryptonite dagger or whatever. And I'm like, yeah, but you know, (laughs) magic messes him up just as well (laughs) as kryptonite does.
0: Right? I agree. It's not used
1: enough. And Mixie was one of those that you know they're always always threw you know a wrench into
0: things for him.
1: And again, there's the fact that he would have to outthink him or out or out. uh, out tricking was always fun
0: yeah i've always thought like along those lines like you said where like magic's not used a lot like mm-hmm. frank we've talked uh, you know offline about about like writing and stuff like that and i've always thought like like how is lex not getting the magic at any point <laughs> right <laughs> like once yeah. it becomes once it becomes known information and like it's a vulnerability to him i feel like it's just another thing you'd be like oh i can get him that way too sure of course and i think about like That scene in, like, in All-Star Superman, Mm -hmm. um, which we'll get into in a little more detail, (laughs) I'm sure. But there's a cool point in, like, I think it's like issue five where Clark Kent is interviewing Lex in jail for the newspaper. Uh And Lex glances over at Clark's notebook where he's taking notes. and He's like, what is, like, what's with your handwriting? Like, what is this? Like, you got the worst handwriting Mm -hmm. I've ever seen. He goes like, oh, it's shorthand. Right, he's like, "What?" (laughs) He's like, "Yeah." He's like, "No, I took it in college shorthand. It's how it like. It's how I jot notes down faster." And he goes, "Huh?" And he goes, "Another thing I have to learn." Yeah, like, and I love that bit where, like, as soon as there's something he doesn't know, it's like, "Right, I got to learn it and I got to master it." And -hmm. I feel like, so just take that bit to magic with Lex. Mm -hmm. No, I mean, makes.
1: I mean, it makes it makes sense. It's right there. Yeah. So far, not so much.
0: So, I've always uh. I love the visual of Metallo. hmm. I, uh, I, I will freely admit that Metallo is kind of, he's a punchy bad guy. Right. You know, but I, I just love the visual of, of, uh, one, he's the, the man with the kryptonite heart. Right. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's, a neat, that's how I met him. It's a neat slogan. It's a neat catchphrase. He was in,
1: um, when I, when he's in one of those digests. that's how I read like a Superman rogues or a Superman kryptonite story. That was the tag was just, he's the man with the kryptonite hurt. So that's what he's always been for me.
0: Yeah. Yeah. But I also like the idea of like, he he's, he's like a literal man of steel that has to fight the man of steel. Right. I just like that kind (laughs) of take on things. Um, you know, and so he, he's, he's just one for some reason. Like I always get kind of jazzed when he pops up in things. Like I'm really Mm -hmm. excited when I see Metallo. You know, I think too the fact that like I I, I think in kind of a in like a body horror kind of way, like you go you can always have fun with how the visual comes to be. Right. Like I feel like I would always have him show up as looking like a normal guy. Right. (laughs) And then by the end of it, like he's shredded off, and you have you have bits of the exoskeleton showing.
2: Right. Yeah. (laughs) You know, like the Terminator effect.
0: Yeah, and you could do it in different ways. Like, I feel like I would have a lot of fun with that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so he's another one, I think, that's super, super, super underrated. Um, You know, and I remember in, I want to say, like, 2006, when Jeff Johns was on the book, he kind of, like, tried to um, scale him up a little bit. So instead of being the man with just the green kryptonite in the heart, he gave him the other colored kryptonites in different extremities. Okay. So, like, he had, like, red kryptonite in, like, one wrist, and he had, like, gold kryptonite in another wrist, and... You know, and stuff like that. And I thought that that was kind of neat that he had, um, like, like an arsenal Mm -hmm. on his side. Right. Which that brings me to another question. Okay. What's your favorite color kryptonite? (laughs) (laughs)
2: Uh, I forget what some of them do.
0: Okay. I'll help you out. So classic green kryptonite, uh, inflicts pain. Uh, I read in some cases. Some say that like it would induce like flu-like symptoms and weakens him. Right. Okay. Um, mm-hmm. there's red kryptonite which changes Superman radically but temporarily. Uh-huh. So like it'll mix up a power, or it'll take a power away, or it'll turn right. him into like a dinosaur or <laughs> <laughs> right. you know something right. like that. Yep. Gold kryptonite was supposed to be the most dangerous, and that was that was the one that removed Kryptonians' powers permanently. Yep. Yep. Okay. And then. Later, it became that, like, it removed it temporarily. Mm. Okay. And I think it was in that John's pieces where I saw it, where, like, as they fought Kryptonians and he would use, Metallo would use the gold Kryptonite just long enough where he would, like, use it and focus it when a Kryptonian was in the air, because it only lasted, like, th- it only lasted 30 seconds where they wouldn't have powers, but 30 seconds was enough for them to fall.
2: Okay.
0: <laughs> and not have powers, right? <laughs> and he would kill them that way. Blue Kryptonite affects Bizarro's only? right it's true white kryptonite kills plant life that's true of any origin uh platinum which i never even heard about so i guess it's uh relatively new gives Mm -hmm. humans superman powers okay and then there's black kryptonite which uh creates like a separate body with a separate personality right like an evil an evil version i think supergirl had had one of the i think there's a smallville episode about
2: yeah. this too right yeah you can picture it being used a couple times and reading in the last several decades i guess
0: mm-hmm.
2: uh i think mine for like when i was a kid uh and, and would see the shows and, and stuff it was always the red kryptonite because i was like <laughs> what's gonna happen right yeah. i like the unpredictability of the red kryptonite that was my mm-hmm. favorite it was just seeing like what crazy things gonna happen this time
0: frank what
1: about you um i liked i was i'm gonna go with gold It was always one of those things where even as a kid, like when you make your own Superman stories up or you're playing like with figures or whatever, um, I was always concerned like, Oh man, gold kryptonite. That's it. That's game over. (laughs) Um, you know, if you introduce that and then it was, then it was always, uh, some kind of MacGuffin to try and figure out how Superman would get his powers back and be able to save the day. Yeah. Right. Also is one of those things where like the first time I ever read about the Martian Manhunter, it's one of those, uh, treasury editions of, like, the Super Friends, and it's got reprints of, like, the... Oh, no, it's the... I'm sorry, it's the it's a reprint of the, the Superman Flash stories in Treasury Size. And the Martian Man... These two aliens, basically, long story short, make Superman and Flash run, run a race across the galaxy. It's the second race that they run. And the Martian Manhunter tries to make it look... Like, makes himself, you know, mimic Superman. And these aliens have gold kryptonite on them, and they use it on him, and somehow he then loses the ability to turn himself into Superman after that.
3: Okay
1: <laughs> like I don't know, and there's no reason why it would work that way, but it does, and again, I thought that was really interesting that like, oh well, and again, I didn't know what the Martian Manager's story or his superpowers or what he could really do, but it was kind of like, well, he could no longer be Superman, I
0: guess <laughs> right um, you guys picked the two that are my favorite ah okay, okay. right i like I like gold mm-hmm. uh because of the threat level right, right that that it brings um. Mm-hmm. Man, there's a there's there's a story about like the hunt for gold kryptonite that's got to be like somebody's got to do that right. It's, it's got to be rare, right? It can't just be everywhere. Yeah, no, no, yeah, right? it's, <laughs> not, it's
1: not. Yeah, I mean a lot, but there's also like more modern stories. A lot of times you have, um, it's in like uh, what's the one uh, Tower of Babel, mm-hmm. right? There's the idea that that Bruce ba- the Batman spends a lot of money. Like one of the the whole story of the Tower of Babel is like there's all these contingency plans in case any of the members of Justice League go rogue. And the one he has for Superman has to do with, if I remember correctly, Batman has bombarded <laughs> green kryptonite with radiation and gotten red kryptonite or a form of red kryptonite out of it. And there's a couple stories kind of like along those lines of that you could basically uh by applying a certain amount of <laughs> radiation to it, you can have you can eventually get it to go into the next uh shade, I guess, of kryptonite. Right. But I do also don't get me wrong, as much as I kinda of like eh, green kryptonite, I do like when it's kinda of like the idea of green bullets, like the yeah. kryptonite bullets. I think that's cool. Like the, the uh, was it absolute? I think it's absolute power. The Jeff Loeb and Carlos, uh, late Carlos Pacheco story for, um, Batman Superman is really good. You've got Jonah Hex firing a gun with kryptonite bullets. Oh yeah. Oh, that's a good bit. Hard to beat that bit. Yeah. Big. You know, and then there's been various like bounty hunters or, you know, alien bounty hunters or, People going after Superman with that's like and again that's just the beginning of
0: Lobe story, right? Isn't it that that he gets shot with yeah. a kryptonite bullet? Yeah, that's metallo again, too. Yeah. Metallo he takes a again, shard right. of it from his heart and he That's right. when that's when he's able to sort of like create weapons also like the Terminator, like like uh like yes. well, T three Terminator. <laughs>
1: yeah right but yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, i'm I'm a fan of all that stuff like i think yeah. that's when people do that stuff when people are invented with green kryptonite right as opposed to just like i've got a hunk of rock yeah
0: you know like yeah, charlie I brown
1: i got a rock and it's just you know <laughs> that's what they got so
0: but i like red too i like the unpredictability that red brings to it and just sort of like it you know it's just something that screams the silver age yeah sure do really yeah, yeah.
1: one of my favorite um one of my favorite legion stories um the the thing that that causes a change in a character and I won't say exactly which one is red kryptonite. It's one of my favorite destroyers from the Silver Age that has to do with red kryptonite of all things in the future. Yeah, i mean, like I said red and gold, I agree. I think but more than likely like I said just gold because to the fact that it just it's it's supposed to be permanent. <laughs> there's supposed to be no you know, there's supposed to be no way to come back from it but, you know, comics.
2: So. Right.
0: And then uh, Clifton, I know this one's one of your favorites. It's kind of a cheat, okay. but it's Superman Revenge Squad. Oh yeah, (laughs) the the words "Superman Revenge Squad" do not get said enough on this show. No, right. I just love the idea of it. Yeah, it's
2: terrific. All these people got beat, and they're like, "Wait, like we all get beat alone, but maybe, just Mm -hmm. maybe, if we team up."
1: My favorite version is the one that's in, um, in was it? uh, It's in is it Justice League? The what? Hair after episodes?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're in the beginning. Yeah, I love that bit at the beginning. I'm like, oh, submit
1: revenge squad.
0: Who is in that? I'm blanking. I know it's Toy Man. Mm hmm. Who else? It is Calibac. Okay. Livewire.
1: Oh, yeah. Metallo and Weather Wizard.
0: I was going to say, I had Weather Wizard in my head for some reason. I was
1: like, no, I don't
3: remember.
1: It's a good crew. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's a very good crew. It's very strong. Like, I mean, they, you know, I, I would think they would have no trouble. But again, it, it becomes a Just League story because of the,
0: where it uh, comes about. I, what I like about Toyman, too, is that like the unconventional unconventionality of sort of like the things he can attack him with, mm-hmm. and so it's like you don't necessarily need something with like brute force. Like no. I remember like what like like he threw like Play-Doh at him, like some kind of like <laughs> like a right. uh, uh, modified Play-Doh where like he just like he couldn't get it, get it off of him,
3: mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> you know, and like and it, right. it was trapping him that way where like he just every movement, this thing just kept like, like stretching and getting bigger. And I'm like, yeah, I like that. Like I like inventive ways on how to stop him. Mm-hmm. You know, sure. Yeah. Superman revenge squad is fantastic. Yep. For sure. All right. So real quick, what's one that you want to see in the movies? Just quick, quick bad guy. You want to see done in, in, in one of the James. Well, I get, yeah, I guess it's James Gunn's movie now. Mm-hmm. What's a bad guy you want to see in there? Manchester black. <laughs> Love it.
1: <laughs> I want I want uh uh Superman versus the was the elite. Yep. Okay. Yeah, that's what I want. Love it. That's 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 my choice.
2: Clifton, what about you? I will say uh ultra humanite. Ooh, okay, that's a great just choice. because it is the first Superman, super villain. Yeah it is the first uh, super villain super villain Superman ever had to face, and we've never seen uh ultra humanite in a film and, and only a little bit in animated stuff.
0: Okay. I'm going to cheat and do and go to one that we see all the time, but I want to see Lex. The caveat (laughs) is I want to see Lex in the power suit.
2: Okay, You know, like I want to see Lex
0: actually fight Superman. Right. (laughs) Yeah. No, that'd be cool. Right. Yeah. All good choices. All right. So we are going to wrap up with, um, it occurred to me that like, we didn't talk a whole lot about like classic stories, like over the years of doing the show, like Mm -hmm. classic Superman stories. So I thought, uh, we will close out on some classic Superman stories if people want to actually seek them out then you know that haven't before so we'll end on that but first if you like the show you can check out all of our episodes on let me know how please however you find us don't forget to like subscribe and leave us a review and finally if you want to suggest a topic let us know in the comments Twitter or email us at info at let me All right, what are some classic Superman stories. Uh for me,
1: my um, one of my all-time favorites is from 1963. <laughs> In the midst of the Silver Age, it's the uh, Superman issue number 164. It's uh, featuring the showdown between Lex Luthor and Superman. Um, Superman is pursuing Lex across the galaxy. It's one of those stories where Lex is, um, I believe, he's hailed as a hero on a planet that they eventually call Lexor. It's kind of the planet that Lex, for a while, and continuity, goes away to, and he's trying to turn over a new leaf, but Superman's like, no, you, you did a bunch of stuff on Earth, you gotta come back with me. Anyway, they end up fighting on a red sun planet, and actually, like, bare-knuckle box. <laughs> nice. It's a great cover, because, like, Superman gets a black eye from Lex, and he's, like, punching him in the stomach, and it's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> it's terrific. It's Kurt Swan at his finest. It's, it's a great throwdown between the two of them, where you don't, like you said, they fight, but it's it's much more of an even, they're on much more of an even keel because, you know, Superman doesn't have any powers at that point because of, you know, this red sun, so. Right. It's terrific. Okay. Highly recommend it. What you got, Clifton?
2: I'm sticking with a big classic, um and one that, that Frank alluded to earlier with Manchester Black, and that is uh, Action 775, right?
1: Yep. Yeah, I had that in my... When we, way back when we did uh, Favorite Single Issues is one okay. of my favorites. Yeah, I love that one. Yeah,
2: the Action Comics number 775, which is What's So Funny About Truth, Justice, and the American Way. Oh, so good. Came out in uh, 2001 by uh, Joe Kelly and Doug Mankey, I think. Mm. I believe you're right, yeah. As, as writer and artist. Manchester Black and his team of anti-Superman superhumans believe that Superman's moral code is outdated and that he needs to take more extreme measures to protect the world. Is generally what's it what it's about, and it's it's really good. It's questioning like is Superman too hokey for the modern world? Right. And this was in two thousand one. It's a question that still comes up, mm-hmm. uh, I think, among people a lot, and I, I always say no, <laughs>
1: <laughs> emphatically no.
2: When done right, you know, of course, um, right. But yeah, like good old Superman isn't too hokey for the modern world. And this one is, is a fun story that explores that. Nice.
0: No, I like that one. That's a good one because I think that's what I had in mind sort of for this segment is sort of like, what are the easy go-tos that maybe people haven't mm-hmm. gotten to? And that's a great one. I mean, that is top five, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. Yeah. For Superman stories. Um, I'm going to go with, uh, for the man who has everything. Oh. Okay. Alan Moore classic. Yeah, like- it's Dave Gibbons, correct? Is that right? Yeah. yeah yeah mm-hmm. okay, yep and uh, it's it, it it sounds like kind of a, a sillier setup than it is, but it's um Batman and Wonder Woman and Jason Todd at the time, because it came <laughs> on the 80s, Robin, yeah uh going to the Fortress of Solitude for Superman's birthday, and when they get there, they find Superman standing there stoically with like this this you know horrific uh plant that's wrapped around him called the black mercy and the black mercy is able to, it has like a psychic link with, uh, with, uh, his prey and mm-hmm. it's able to manifest the prey's Like, uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Like heart's desire. Yeah. Heart's desire. Right. And so you yeah. see Superman on Krypton as if Krypton never exploded and he yeah. has an entire life <laughs> on Krypton. Right. And it is a fantastic story. Uh, yeah with a heartbreaking ending. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, but yeah, Mm -hmm. I mean, I think, I think anybody trying to get into the man of steel, like that's required reading. I think Mm -hmm. really all of the Alan Moore Superman's (laughs) are (laughs) too. I think, I think that's the most accessible of all of them. I think, um, whatever happened to the man of tomorrow, um, I think is also a fantastic read, but I think needs a little bit of silver age knowledge. To go into it. I mean, it's clearly like like a one and done. Yeah. You know, but I think you'll appreciate it if you know what, like, the Lex Brainiac team up is. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's yeah, been yeah, done yeah. over and over and over again throughout the Silver Age and stuff like that, right? Right. But yeah, it's a terrific one. And the Jungle Line, which is a team up with Swamp Thing, also mm-hmm. terrific. Fantastic. Yep. From the 80s also. Uh, any other ones before we sign off? Anybody want to do All Star? Really quick. We talked about it <laughs> Sure. Grant Morrison, and Frank Quitely
1: decided to do a 12-issue miniseries called All-Star Superman. And I do think it's a wonderful story. I, I do enjoy it quite a bit. But I do also feel like it's one of those that if you have some frame of reference before you go into it, I mean, you can have no frame of reference for Superman and still enjoy it. But I think there's are a, little, a lot of nods to things that were done, even in the Silver Age or throughout Superman's history, that work really well. Like, for example, if you saw, you saw Jimmy Olsen putting on a dress, it might not really resonate with you as to why he's doing that. <laughs> But if you've ever read any given issue or a handful of issues of um Superman's pal Jimmy Olsen it makes much more sense <laughs> to you right right um same thing as if you've never read um there's a Silver Age story about Superman going against like Hercules and some other um characters of myth
0: atlas and right? atlas yeah. thank you
1: that was the other one I couldn't think of that sort of is, is 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 done in this as well but overall it's just it's it's a superman story that that's, that tries to give you the best of Superman hence the name All-Star Superman and I think uh Grant Morrison does a fantastic job with it. Um most of the depictions of all the, I'd say all the characters that are in it, you know, your typical you know, Superman supporting cast is in it, Lois and Jimmy and Perry, uh the Kents. Um yeah. you know, he, he does the best he, you know, the best he can with with loading it with as much Superman love as he possibly can.
0: Yeah. So, it's great. The pitch mm-hmm. I give everybody for it is um it's interesting how morrison goes the other way instead of everybody who has sort of the temptation to take powers away from superman to make an interesting story he loads him up and and Mm -hmm. he puts him in a situation where he gets oversaturated with sunlight to the point that like his own powers are killing his body and Mm -hmm. so so superman is dying and it's basically like what is superman going to do to save the world both like while the clock is ticking now Like, what's he going to do to save the world before before he dies? And it's a terrific story. It's awesome. (laughs) (laughs) Can't say enough good things about it.
1: Yep, it's good stuff.
0: As I know you guys, too, because I know we all love it. It's fantastic. So, so, okay, so there are some, um, you know, classic Superman reading for you guys. If you guys want to jump in and we will have some more uh deep pulls in part two when we come back next week so as always we will post links and examples to everything we talk about on let know how it is.com just please remember to like us and follow us on social media and we will see you next week for part two